You're listening to the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast. We're going to kick off at the AFC North with the Bengals and the Ravens. And the guests we've gotten to kick us off, it was an obvious choice. Um, two legends of the game, up and coming guys that. Um, They've recently joined the Fantasy Wildcard as two out of the three co-hosts of the Fantasy Wildcard Rewind show. It's going to be starting September. So we'll welcome them in now from the Wildcard Rewind team. We've got Max and we've got Paul. Good morning, lads. How are you? Good morning. Very, very well, gentlemen. How are we all doing? Decent. Morning, guys. How are we? All right. Yeah, not bad, Paul. Not bad. Nice of Max to show up. Well, we were discussing there might be a time difference between Scotland and England. I wasn't sure, but uh, <laughs> now we're just messing uh, with we're uh, a few moments behind, but nothing, nothing too crazy. And we've got jam-packed show, so we'll get into it straight away. We're going to kick off with the Bengals, and we'll lead off with you, Matt. Yeah, so obviously going over to the Bengals, I think we've got to start the quarterback position. Obviously, Joe Burrow coming off that fantastic season, finishes the QB7. Um, he's currently ranked on, on keep trade cut at QB4. So my question over to, to these two guys is, he's in that tier now on his own after the top three, um, clear of the, the guys below him. So I just want to know, do you feel that's the correct value? That's where he should be? Do you think maybe he can break into that that top three? And, and is he clear of those guys like Lamar Jackson, uh, Kyle Murray and, and Dak, Dak Prescott? So, well... First of all, I'm actually in Northern Ireland. As you can tell by this lovely <laughs> background, I'm in. I'm actually I'm home for a wedding, so I'm in my parents' house. Obviously, because <laughs> only someone's parents have got this upholstery. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm home for a little bit. So no no time difference. Just just me being um, slightly unorganized and you know making sure my my actual notes for this first question are, are ready to go. So. My, my answer sort of about Joe Burrow is I think that you could rank him in that four slot. You can kind of justify it. But I don't really agree with that, the tier break that is there on, on keep trade cut. And I kind of dug into I'm not a big stats guy, so I kind of dug into some stats. And I thought I couldn't do this. And I've seen that Joe Burrow's actually got the, the highest yards per attempt in the league. And I thought, well, that's quite an important start. And then I see who was second. Anyone have a guess about who was second for highest yards per attempt in the league? Oh, Herbert. I thought Herbert. It's not Herbert. You've got us in suspense. Let's Daniel go. Jones. Anyone thinking Jimmy Garoppolo? Oh, don't. Wow. <laughs> not, not this early okay. in the morning, Mags. <laughs> Jimmy G was second, so I thought, oh, maybe that stat isn't actually that important. And then I thought, <laughs> oh, he's got the highest, he's got the highest comp- uh, percentage completion as well at 70%. Any idea who was right under him? Jimmy Garoppolo again at 68%. Yeah. So I'm thinking, well, maybe these things don't matter, or maybe stats are all a little rubbish. So I thought I'll just have a look at other things instead. Um, what I do like about Joe Burrow is that you know, he has got, you know, that, that throwing touchdown upside, maybe not as much as Dak Prescott does, but certainly more than, than Lamar Jackson does. Like Lamar Jackson only threw 16 touchdowns last year and Joe Burrow's threw 34 touchdowns last year. But Lamar sort of more than made up for that with his rushing. He rushed more than, you know, than Dak and Burrow put together uh, comfortably, more than double their numbers put together. So 
it kind of just depends on on what you lean to be important. Do you think that you want that longevity with Burrow? He's probably going to play a bit longer. Something people forget about Burrow is that he is an older prospect coming out of college. So Burrow and Lamar Jackson are the same age. Kyler Murray is a year younger than Joe Burrow. Uh, Dak Prescott a few, few years older. So out of the three, four of those, I would actually lean Kyler Murray the most. I'd put Lamar Jackson, then Joe Burrow, and i put Dak at the bottom of that list. Yeah, so that sounds about right in my head. Uh, we'll come to you mm-hmm. quickly, Paul. I can see you rocking the Cardinals hoodie. <laughs> Uh, any thoughts on this question in regarding Burrow, Kyler Murray, just them two in particular? Who we got? So, so I've got Murray ahead of Burrow and Herbert, but that's probably me <gasps> just being a big. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I know, shock, right? <laughs> Don't need coffee this morning. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but I have got, I have got Murray, Herbert, Burrow, Dak, and Lamar all in the same tier. I think I think I'd be happy with any one of them as my QB one, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've all I think we've all got the top seven there, but maybe just slightly tier breaks and slightly in a different order. So I think we're all pretty legendary on that one. Um, we'll now come on to Joe Burrow's backfield teammate Joe Mixon, and over to you, Ali. Yeah, so talk about the the running back for the Bengals, Joe Mixon. He's I've had a few comments this this off season already, just people concerned about. Joe Mixon is going to be 26 years old when the season begins. And we we often phrase 26 as being that that cut-off age where we want to sell running backs and they start to fall off a cliff. So just a bit give a bit of advice. Should, should they move be moving off Joe Mixon right now? And just what are your thoughts on Joe Mixon for, for Dynasty right now? So for me, I don't think I think Joe Mixon's a bit weird. I, I think he's somebody who is always up there with the top top sort of 10 running backs. But when you go to sell him, nobody values him that high. So I think the value of mm-hmm. Joe Mixon is always a bit lower than what you, you want for Joe Mixon. So me, I'm sticking with Joe Mixon. And actually, I play, I think I play the same as you, Kev. I base everything on a two-year window. Yeah, and, lad. and actually, <laughs> I think Joe Mixon is okay for the next two years. And I believe in 2025 he's um a free agent so you've got him the next couple of years at least under contract with the bengals so i i think he's he's a solid play at the moment and he's in a great offense and coming out of this draft with the bengals not drafting any running backs i think that was a massive win and a massive arrow up for me so i'm all in on mixon yeah, sounds good. Mags, if you have got Mixon, you've got some concerns, maybe you're looking to get a little bit younger at the position, is it? Anybody that's going after Mixon in startups that you could maybe pivot to and get a bit of value that you like going below him? Yeah, so Joe Mixon, kind of echoing what, what Paul said there as well, like he's, I thought it was massive that the Bengals didn't really strengthen that position there. So I actually think Joe Mixon is a little bit underrated. I see you know, he is kind of going around the same sort of position. You get somebody like, a, maybe like a J.K. Dobbins, you might be able to grab around the same sort of time. So you could pivot off mixing a move to like somebody like a Dobbins. Um, you could be really risky and like pivot off mixing. You might be able to get like Saquon Barkley or Joe Mixon even at this stage if you want to really go yeah. a bit risky, risky. Um, but to be honest, there's no one really around that range that I would 
sort of swap straight up for, for Joe Mixon because like Paul said, he is sort of undervalued across the community and I think what you're going to get from him is is going to be well worth the price that you pay. So I'm not really looking to move down from Joe Mixon unless I'm feeling really, really risky, like grabbing Saquon Barkley or, or something like that, or maybe a package to get Christian McCaffrey or one of those guys who's taken a big plummet. Yeah, that makes sense. Matt, Ali, any thoughts on Mixon, what you're doing with him at the moment? Uh, me personally, I'm, I'm holding him. I've had him, I mean, over the years, I've been a big Mixon truth. When, when he wasn't performing, <laughs> I was the guy who was hyping him up. And now that now that he's hit, 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 hit that form, um, I feel like a genius there. But I, I was a little bit too early on him. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm keeping him. I've got him in Dynasty. I mean, there's not many running backs in, in this game that we play that you could class as, as workhorses that get that, that full workload. Joe Mixon, he's one of those guys that that stands out and sees the majority of the touches in that backfield. So for me, he's one of those running backs that you, you've got to have in fantasy. You feel like he's got a safe flow with the opportunity that he's got, despite him getting up there in age. Um, I'm not too worried. Like um, like Paul touched upon, he's, he's still signed to that big contract. So you feel like you've got a bit of security there as well. So yeah, I'm still more than happy to keep hold of Mixon, especially where he's going currently. Yeah, me too. He's, he's my running back eight in Dynasty, just below, in the same two of Austin Eckler. And I think the trouble is, a lot of fantasy players these days just obsessed by age. So when that running back hits 26 or even 25 now, they're trying to flip them. But people aren't interested in buying running backs at that age. So they're just not going to give you the value that, that you're going to get if you just stuck with him and <clears throat> rode him out. I think he's going to be a top top five or six running back again this season. So you might as well hold on to him because you're just not going to get that value back in a in a trade. So I'm the, the same as everybody else is a, is a hold for me at the minute. Indeed. And before I go on to the next question, I just want to um, bring up one of the comments in the chat that we've had. Uh, it's from the, the third member of the Wildcard Rewind team. It's Hannah Rowland. She, she just said, morning all. Shame you're missing the best member of the team. <laughs> Great to see Paul and Mike <laughs> representing the Wildcard Rewind team. So uh, appreciate the shout out, Hannah. And um, yeah, it's going to be an exciting time when we get the three of you together uh, for, for next season. Yeah. Um but back to the Bengals now. Jamar Chase, uh, dynasty wide receiver one or two, depending on uh, what day it is, I guess. Um, I see a lot of teams that may be looking to move off of Jamar Chase, especially if it's like a rebuilding team. He's one of the first assets you think of to, to move off at peak value and try and get a few different bits to help improve an overall roster. So I just want to know if you had Chase and you are looking to trade him away what sort of deal would you look for uh, to move off of him and help your roster and that can be players picks or both max are you having this one or am i so i had a little uh, a long sort of think about this one <laughs> and i've made a little list of acceptable things that you could trade jamar chase for okay so one the hand of midas Two, <laughs> the Philosopher's Stone. Three, Aladdin's Lamp. Four, the Ring of Power. Five, Excalibur. Six, Mjolnir. All seven Dragon Balls. All six Infinity Stones. Four, for 2023 firsts. <laughs> well, <man. laughs> if anything, that kind of just shows you the power of 2023 firsts, right? I want six Infinity Stones, I only want four 23 firsts. So <laughs> that is, that's the kind of thing I'm looking for, for, for Jamar Chase. And 
I actually thought as well, I'm actually going to get myself a nice gauntlet for all my 23 first, so I'm going to put them all in the little gauntlet. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, you've, got us, uh, you've got us picking up some images in his, uh, in his mind there, Mags. Um, <laughs> wow. And Paul, you've actually got one, so you must have sold your match chase by the looks of it. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for your match chase, Mags. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so Paul, if obviously you've sold Chase with what you had in your house, then, but um, <laughs> let's say you was doing a deal that was uh, picks and players moving off of Chase. Is there is there anything that you would would be happy with? Maybe a couple of picks and a. a <coughs> so I, I'm really sensible when I looked at this question, <laughs> and I actually down who I would buy, you know, who I would sell him for. Um, so I put together a. a couple of couple of little things and and what i would try and do is i try and get like maybe a veteran a rookie slash sophomore and a 23 first so i'd be looking for somebody like a stefan diggs or a keenan allen that's that type of player maybe like a Traylon burks or a brandon Ayuk and a 23 first and i think that for me i've got two a solid player that i know that can turn up each week I've got a rookie or a sophomore that I'm like, do you know what? I've got a lot of faith in them for the future and a 23 first to go and grab another player that I could be like, yeah, do you know what? I'm all in on you. So I, I was a bit sensible <laughs> with this question. <laughs> Love that. Matt Alley, um, mm -hmm. do you have a lot of chase? Are you looking to move off of chase right now or do you just think keep riding <clears> the <throat> lightning and see where he takes you? I'll let Ali take this one first because I, I don't have many shares of Chase. Well, like, I don't have a single share of Chase, so I, I can't move off. What it, a rubbish question. I did, I did, no, what, about, what about this? There was a, a trade went down a couple of weeks ago in one of my leagues. It was uh, Chase for T Higgins, a 23 first and a 23 second. Which which side of that argument are you are you on? Cheers. But I thought that was quite close because I, I really liked T Higgins, so I thought that was mm. rather close to me. Yeah. Um, I, I, cheers for me. I'd probably say it's close. Like we spoke about it before that the draft before Chase was selected, we were all high on T Higgins, and then mm. and Chase came along and ruined that dream. But um, I, I think it is tough. He's kind of one of those players where you love to have him, but you also hate it because he's just so valuable. You don't really know what to do. You feel like I've got this elite player. There's only one way that a player can go when when the number mm -hmm. one in in the rankings. There's only one way to go. So it's kind of like you're deciding what you've got to weigh out the, the production to the value, I feel like. And and like Paul Touchman, I think if you're a contending team, I'm probably looking to move off with Chase because I feel like there's other players, like you mentioned, people like Stefan Diggs, that can still reach that ceiling, but then you can still add to your team as well, strengthening other areas or get yourself depth. So <clears> for me, somebody like Chase is probably the reason why I don't have him because I feel like once they hit that, that value, there's only one way it can go. I can't see him getting too much more value currently to where he is. All the things that Mag's listed off just shows just how valuable he is. So um, I'm kind of with Paul on this one. I think that I'm, I'm probably looking to to acquire other assets, get maybe somebody that I feel can still have that that high ceiling and then address other needs on my roster. Yeah, I've got to admit, I, I did a start up earlier on this off-season, took Chase early, uh, took Tom Brady, then he retired. So I was panicking. <laughs> and the first thing I did was sell Jamar Chase. Yeah. So... It, he's easy. I think he's an easy asset to sell, to be honest. But I can understand as well why you would want to keep him around because I don't think he's touched the surface yet. Last year, I mm. believe the Bengals were like thirty-first in pace of play or some some stat like that, and 
just feel that that's got to swing back at some point. And yeah, I think we, we've only just touched the surface with Chase, uh, but we'll move on to his wide receiver buddy, um, T. Higgins, and over to you, Matt. Yeah, like we just touched upon this, another guy that everyone seems to be on. We love all all parts of this offense, really, don't after what, what Joe Burrow did. And, and as I say, T. Higgins, he's now become a hot property as well in, in terms of dynasty, especially after that that fantastic end to the season. Obviously, the performance he put up in the Super Bowl as well. Um, currently ranked as wide receiver nine on keep trade cut. But that's despite just looking at his, his previous two finishes in, in the NFL, wide receiver 24 and wide receiver 28. Um, so still yet to really hit that that ceiling that we feel like that he, he potentially has. So my question over to you guys is, what would you consider a successful season for, for T Higgins, given that current value of wide receiver nine? So I bet Hannah Rowland is really, really enjoying this. Her two <laughs> favourite co-hosts literally sat here bragging about her team the whole time. <laughs> no, she so to me, I, I was looking. I was looking at how people were doing last year, and I think if he could, if he could finish around the wide receiver ten mark, I think that would be a really, really good season for him. You know, um, mm -hmm. I think last year he was um, thousand and ninety-one yards, six touchdowns. So that to me is a is a great start. Mm -hmm. He can he can improve that, and where he's going to improve is touchdowns. I don't think Jamar Chase is going to finish with 14 touchdowns next year. I don't. I think he's going to maybe, maybe a few are going to 20? come down. There you go. <laughs> yeah, 24. <laughs> Just playing. <laughs> I think I think he'll he'll get a few bit of touchdown regression, and and I think a few of them are going to go T Higgins way. And I think I think T Higgins is going to finish. I reckon he'll finish the season with about 1100, 1200 yards. Nine, ten touchdowns, and I think that'll put him anywhere in between wide receiver eight to sort of twelve area. And I think that, mm -hmm. to me, is a great, great season for him. Max, is there a season you'd consider really poor, like outside of top twenty? Would that get you worried longer term, thinking about, wow, he's he's got all this potential. He's he's ranked in dynasty top ten in a lot of places. Um, would wide receiver 20 or less really put you off or are you just going to stick with age and that'll, the talent will play through in the end yeah there, there's um, there's a very slight part of me that's thinking there might be a little bit of like Terry McLaurin syndrome here with T Higgins where Terry McLaurin is sort of constantly ranked in ADP above where he ever finishes in elite in the yeah. season so there is a slight danger that T Higgins could be like the next version of that where he's you know, not finishing very high, and yet because he was young, he's sort of being taken up there in time. And obviously, getting on a bit nicer as ADP is starting to to drop. But I, I also, I also think he's just a very, very good player, and he's he's linked in with that. I think he's a better player than Terry McLaurin. Um, so yes. I would, I would be buying T Higgins now. I think, especially we just talked about you know Jamar Chase. You know, all of you know going for all of the. You have to get all seven Horcruxes to get, you know, Jamar Chase and all that, right? That was another one I didn't put in. Um, so he was – the value of Jamar Chase might offset that value of T. Higgins, maybe very slightly, where people might think he's not going to get that share and look at that. You know, you can use those kind of things to your advantage. You're like, oh, he finished his wide receiver 20-something last year and the year before. So you might be able to use that to try and sneakily buy him. So I'm a believer in T. Higgins. I think, I think he'll have a good year. Maybe not quite – Top ten, like Paul was thinking, but I think he could get. I think he could get into top top fifteen. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just come to Ali and Matt just to wrap up on T Gins. What value do you have on him? What would you be looking to tell him? But I think the real question is, are you concerned if he does leave the Bengals in a couple of years' time? His contract's up in two years. They'll be close to re-signing Burrow and Chase. Would you mm-hmm. be worried if he ended up on another team? Obviously, it's miles away, but just... For me, I, I agree, because I don't think that they can sign all three all three players because they're both going to be they're both going to have I mean Joe Burrow could set the market for quarterbacks if he carries on his ascent and then Jamar Chase is going to get ridiculous sums they're going to have to think about that when they come to thinking about T Higgins whether they're going to resign him or not so I think it is it's a definite question Um, I just love what T Higgins done in the Super Bowl if you remember he was 100 yards and he got the two touchdowns Jamar Chase didn't have any touchdowns in the Super Bowl so I loved his usage he is my (laughs) He's my wide receiver seven, actually, ahead of Jalen Waddle and players like that. So I'm obviously very high on him. Um, I do. I am expecting big things from T Higgins this year, but it is worth noting if if he has a finish of say wide receiver nineteen twenty or less, it, there is a few concerns about what his ceiling can actually be in in dynasty. I obviously think he's a fantastic player, but he's in he's in a perfect offense and. He should be thriving, so I'm expecting top 15 finish definitely. Yeah, I think that's that's what it, it's funny that we're talking about all these players in such glowing terms, and then we we kind of not Joe Burrow at the start, and we're saying that he might struggle to, to get in that top, but then we're saying Teagans could be top 10 potentially. Jamar Chase number one. It's it, it's definitely an exciting offense, but I feel like currently is in that ideal situation. What what Burrow did last year and what the Bengals were able to do it kind of elevated the entire team. I just worry if there's a bit of regression from from Joe Burrow. I feel like. What he did last year was was amazing, but can he keep that up is, is the next question. So then you've got to think what what part of this offense is going to take a step back. And and while I love T Higgins and also Jamar Chase, I feel like that connection that Burrow and Chase have got, we know that they played together at, at LSU. You, you've seen all the memes that Joe Burrow, uh, F it, I'll throw it up there and, and Chase, Chase will come down with it at the other end. So I feel like there's that real connection between those two. And that's where I have slight concerns with T Higgins. But in terms of, of what he is as a player, the talent that he's got, I think he's right up there. I feel like now he's currently undervalued, really, given the, the talent that he has anyway. Um, the concern is, though, like he touched upon, if, if he does leave um, in a few years' time, this is an ideal situation. And, and we know that there's plenty of teams that would not be ideal for T. Higgins. And, and they tend to be the teams that are going to look for wide receivers, teams that need help. So um, that's when my concerns come. But yet, that's still a, a couple of years away. So um, for right now, I'm happy to take him where he's, he's going. Um, even wide receiver nine, I'm, I'm still happy to take him as, as maybe my wide receiver two on my roster. Yeah, we've, we've spoke pretty positively about the four guys to begin, the Bengals. Um, well, now come to you, Ali, for the tight end and see if you can keep on theme or, or not. <laughs> so I'm actually, I'm actually going to change up my question slightly because Ooh. I think there might be a um, not very good answer coming out of here. But is there any interest coming from the tight end room for the Bengals? We obviously know it's a high-flying offense and there's plenty of touchdowns to go around, but you've got Hayden Hurst moving over there, obviously a, a former first-round pick. They've got Drew Sample as well as the other the other tight end to note. Um, but I obviously think you've got, your answer is going to be no. So if it is, what is your tight end strategy heading into this season if you were doing a start-up, like say this this off-season? What, what is your tight end strategy going forward? So the answer is... Yeah, uh, no, but sort of. <laughs> so Hayden Hurst, Hayden Hurst is incredibly unlucky. So he's obviously drafted by the Ravens, and then, oh, here's Mark Andrews. 
And he's like, fine, I'll go to the Falcons. He's like, oh, here's Kyle Pitts. So <laughs> if anything, I'm looking at the next tight end that the Bengals draft. And I'm going to try and <laughs> get as many of them as I can because it seems to be his luck. Um, I think Hayden Hurst is actually a, a sneaky pick for like, say you have to roster like a third tight end. I don't think there's anything wrong with getting Hayden Hurst. CJ Uzama finished as tight end. Well, he finished as tight end 20, but it was on sleeper. But he's really tight end 19 because Jason Hill was in there. Um, so I think Hayden Hurst is a better player than CJ Uzama. So there's every chance he might finish as like a top 15 tight end. So if he's your third tight end in your team, sure, why not take, take a shot on him? But for the same sort of price, you might be able to get somebody like a Gerald Everett that has that higher kind of upside, that higher kind of ceiling. So that's kind of what I'm looking for if you're looking at your second or third tight end. Just at least pick someone that you think has a chance to, you know, get those touchdowns and get those high ceilings. I think Ian Hurst might be solid, like might get you, you know, seven, eight points a game. If he scores a touchdown, maybe a bit more. But yeah, I, I would kind of avoid him unless you're being very, very conservative. My tight end strategy generally is you've got to get one of those top, top guys. Um, I've got a lot of TJ Hawkinson, for example. I think he's great. But yeah, you want Mark Andrews. You want even Travis Kelsey. You still want Travis mm-hmm. Kelsey. You want one of those top guys. You don't want to be stuck with Hayden Hurst as your tight end number one. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, yeah. Paul? You got any? I, I, I'm exactly the same. Wrote down. Do they? Do they mean anything? No, they don't. So. <laughs> great, great question. Um, my my tight end strategy has changed i was always one that would fade tight end and just be like ah i'm not reaching for one of these guys early i want to build my running back core or my wide receiver core and then i did um the the draft strategy articles i did and i fell in love with the tight end early one so i'm all for getting an elite tight end in the first few rounds now so if I can get a Kyle Pitts, uh, Kelsey, Andrews, Kittle, one of them, then I'm leaving that draft really happy. Yeah. Then he's very happy. <laughs> <laughs> Good yeah. stuff. And what about Matt, Matt Alley, yourself, your, your tight end lovers, aren't you? So, um, <laughs> I'll let Matt have this one as the <laughs> Mr. Tight End Premium. <laughs> Any leagues are tight end premium now, I mean. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think what Paul just said kind of nailed it for me. It's We know the position advantage that you get if you take one of these early tight ends. So I tend to be one of those guys that, that goes for the early tight ends if possible. But then on the flip side, I then target the, the lesser ones. I don't really aim for that middle range of, of tight ends because I feel like beyond the top four or five tight ends, anyone can really reach that, that top six, top seven, top eight potential. So I then begin to start fading position. And I think somebody like Hayden Hurst is really interesting because when you're looking for these later dart throws on tight ends, the one thing you need to be looking for is, is the situation that we're in really because, as we say, they're all kind of those don't really want them players. But if you're in that right situation, that's where you can hit that ceiling. So somebody like Hayden Hurst on this offense that we've, we've just bigged up for the last half an hour and saying how, how great it is, I feel like there's opportunities there for him. The amount of times they're going to throw the ball um, so this is one of those tight ends that I would potentially target really late on in my drafts that that has that shot of of hitting like like Max are getting into that, that top fifteen, top twelve, maybe. Yeah, yeah, agreed. If I was playing best ball like startup or, or whatever, then Hayden Hurst is someone yeah. you can take in the very sort of last last round that yeah. could get for one week, could have two touchdowns in a week and then help win you that week. So yeah. 
read my mind, Ali. So that brings us to the end of the Bengals. We're going to move on to the, the second team. Um, our good friend Tom will be loving this one. It's the, the Baltimore Ravens. And our kick is off at QB, Lamar Jackson. Keep trade cut his QB5. He's going behind guys like Burrow, like Kyler. Um, I just want to throw a question out to, to, to you guys about his talent and his expiring contract after this season. Uh, I think him and his mum are negotiating that deal, so that should be quite fun. Um, <laughs> with, with all that sort of baked in and considering everything as a whole, where do you think he should be ranked as QB5 fair? Uh, yeah, he's fair because he, he's always got his rushing upside. If uh, you know what I mean, uh, what year was it? I think it was the year he got MVP where he was over, mm-hmm. over a thousand yards rushing and any QB that's going to get you over a thousand yards rushing is, is worthy of being ranked that high. I don't rank him that high. I, I think I have him ranked at seven and I think, when he gets his contract, I think he then I think they try and protect him a little bit more, and I don't think they'll rush him quite as much. And I think J.K. Dobbins coming back this year off his injury and the Gus bus, and I think I think they don't need to rush Lamar Jackson as much as what they do at the moment. And I think once they start paying him and they start realizing that actually if he goes down, he's we're still going to be paying this amount of money. I think they'll protect him a little bit more. So for me, I, th- I think he his his rushing upside will be capped at about sort of 600, 650 yards. I think that would be about as much as I'd expect from Lamar. So I think I think seven is about as high as I'm going to go with him because he just can't throw the ball as well as the people ahead of him, like Kyler, you know, a legend. <laughs> I think I think he could he, I think he could rush for five hundred yards, but also throw four thousand yards and thirty five touchdowns. You know, so give me Kyler over Lamar all day long in the Cardinals hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at that, Mags. Uh, you, you touched upon Lamar a little bit earlier, but he's in that seven. Uh, how much do you mm. factor in contracts into? Not even QB, but I guess any player. Do you look at expiring people and get that bit bit extra worry? Sometimes, but for Lamar Jackson, not really, because no matter, say Lamar Jackson doesn't play for the Ravens, you know, in the in the upcoming future, wherever he goes, like they know who Lamar Jackson is. They're not going to have him like be a pocket passer. Like whatever team he ends up signing for, he's going to be still the same kind of player. He's still going to rush a lot. He's still going to play the same. You don't sign Lamar Jackson and completely change the way Lamar Jackson plays. So I, I wouldn't be too worried about a contract situation. I wouldn't be too worried about where he ends up playing. I think he's still going to be Lamar Jackson at, at the end of the day. And so I think I've been trying to think about more and more is I had um, obviously a friend of the show, uh, Dave Wright, on, on my podcast. And he talked about thinking about risk differently in Dynasty. And he's like, you need to think about it more about the things like, what do you know rather than what, what don't you know? Because what don't you know hasn't happened yet. What it was kind of hard to understand. But I'm sort of trying to get my head around it. So I'm trying to think about, you know, what, what do we know about Lamar Jackson? We do know he's going to rush a lot. We do know he has the capability to score all those touchdowns. And we do know that he has the capability to be like the MVP, the best player in the league. And it's, Tricky to put aside those things that we don't know. Like, we don't know is his SEL going to blow out one day and that rushing floor is going to fall. 
we don't know is you know the contract situation going to hold those things up so i'm trying to follow dave's advice and look at the things that we do know rather than the things we don't know a bit more for more so yeah i like lamar yeah i think it, dave writes big on that risk is an opportunity to to dive in and uh, you've got that chance to get bigger outcomes when there's risk involved so um definitely worth considering depending on how risky you are as a person and we we, we kicked off with a qb that's a bit like a running back and now we're going to move <laughs> on to a running back um Matt? yeah so we're, we're going to go over to jk dobbins the guy that you feel like is going to be the, the starter next year obviously missed the, the 2021 season due to that injury um, but as I say, he should come back as, as the lead back next season with, with Gus Edwards doing the same thing, coming off an injury. Um, the one thing that people seem to to worry about with, with J.K. Adams, and I feel like it's something that, that's maybe worth looking into, is the amount of targets that, that they get, the running backs over at Baltimore. Um, just looking at last year, they acquired 14% of the total team targets, which is one of the lowest in the league. And I'm just interested to know what you two feel about is that a concern for you regarding Dobbins? Does it limit his, his fantasy upside, the fact that he's not really seeing those those targets? We know how valuable um, that targets can, can be in fantasy for running backs. I think the numbers might be a bit skewed as well because I think last year you three were the running back committee for the Ravens, um, if I remember correctly. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I think, yeah, what they were playing with is it's kind of hard whenever you have, you know, Vaude Freeman as the guy you're having to throw the ball for too. So... I think Dobbins is, is much better at receiving than that. He's sort of, in, in college, he kind of averaged just over 20 receptions, which isn't, you know, great. You know, you're kind of looking for at least double of that to be your high-end sort of receiving uh, PPR running back. But, you know, at the same time, last year, Freeman did get 190 yards receiving, which is, you know, more than, you know, players that finished much higher than him. It's more than, I was shocked with this, it was more than Elijah Mitchell, which I didn't see coming. It was obviously more than Derek Henry. It was more than Harris over at New England. It was more than Nick Chubb. And it wasn't that far away from Dalvin Cook, who were all, you know, sort of higher-end running backs last year. So I think if J.K. Dobbins can get more receiving yards than Freeman did, which I think he will, plus he's a much better player overall, there's no reason why he can't be finishing up around your areas with, like, Nick Chubb, Derek Henry, or or Elijah Mitchell um, next year. And, yeah, I think... Now, especially with, we'll talk about this a little bit later, with Hollywood Brown leaving as well. There's a lot of empty targets there. And I think, you know, I think he's good enough to take up some of those targets. Maybe not a lot, but, but some of them. Indeed. Paul, have you got any concerns with the injury? The fact that he's coming back from an injury um, in that backfield? No, I've, I've got no concerns about the injury, but I do have concerns about the targeting of the running back. And I, and I do think that's Ooh. what keeps him out. That keeps him out of the the RB one for me. I think he's he, he's just on the 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 cusp of being an RB one, and I think the only reason he's not in there is because of the pass the pass catching side of things. And and I look at all the people in my RB one rankings, and I think all of them they all they're all good pass catching backs, apart from as mentioned Nick James Jones. Connor. <laughs> <laughs> Love <No>. it. <laughs> Thanks, Mags. Love you too. Mags. But, um, no, he's, he's funny enough. He's he's my RB one next season. You know. <laughs> but no, I, we'll I, do, I do think um, I do think it is a bit of a worry that that they don't really throw the ball to. 
to Dobbins. And I know you just mentioned, Mags, that there are some vacated targets. So, you know, may, maybe I do need to go back and have a look to see if he, he will get some some pass-catching work. But I, just, I can't see it. I just can't see them them using him like they would sort of, I don't know, a, an Austin Eckler or something like that, you know? Somebody who who is just on the cusp of, of uh, RB1 as well. Well, he is in the RB1, but I can't see me putting him over somebody like that because mm -hmm. I don't see him getting the work that he's going to get. So, Yeah, and I'll just quickly come back to Matt and Ali just to wrap on the running back room. Tyler Bailey, is it a good <laughs> landing spot really or is it, is it not? Uh, I'd say it's potentially a good landing spot. Obviously, we know that the two injuries to, to Edwards and Dobbins, is, there's potential there that if, if neither or if one of them isn't able to suit up week one, then there's a chance that Bailey gets that opportunity. But like I've touched upon, I think it, it's going to take injuries to, to the starters or, or struggling to come back from, from the injuries in this regard. So I don't think it's the greatest landing spot. But on the flip side, and, and this kind of applies to, to J.K. Doms as well, there's there's kind of that flip-off between what we've touched about with the, the receptions. But this offense is built for running the ball. and We know it from the quarterback position, but also it helps the running back position when you've got Lamar Jackson as that quarterback. It opens up way bigger <laughs> gaps than, than what any other offense would just because they have to pay attention to Lamar Jackson as well. So the offense itself is is a great landing spot, but I feel like the, the depth chart is kind of against Bader. Yeah, and for me, I, I I actually love the landing spot, and we were able to get him in fourth, fourth round, fifth round of rookie drafts. Um, they've just haven't they just signed Mike Davis as a, and I think that I I think that is more to do with the concerns about the injury than anything else than them thinking that he's a good running back. So potentially it could be good. Maybe those two are further behind than we think. Um, and there's there's possibility for Beatty. I actually. I love the lander spot rather than him going somewhere where he might have opportunity, but they don't like running the ball or they don't run it very well. I think the Ravens, obviously they run the ball fantastically well. So I think he, for where you're taking him in the rookie drafts, he's absolutely worth that shot. We're going to quickly flip it back to you, Ali, for your, your question on the, the new alpha wide receiver. Or is that Mark Andrews? <laughs> yeah, well, it it's probably Mark Andrews, but Rashad Bateman, he's <laughs> a, He's a clear big winner of the, the Marquise Brown trade. Uh, so just a, a quick question for you two. Were you high on Rashad Bateman coming out as a rookie? Did you like what you saw from last season? And what do you think his ceiling can be in 2022? So do you know who the big winner was from the Marquise Hollywood Brown trade? Marquise Hollywood Brown. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I hope we managed to change talking about the Ravens and Bengals into Paul just talking about the Cardinals. Sorry, I, just, I thought I'd get it in before Mags would throw that at me. You know? um, I, I, I wasn't that high on Bateman coming out of college, but I do think he's um, he's been given an opportunity now. Um, I can see the, the Ravens bringing in um, a vet wide receiver as well. I, I think um, T Strack is uh, petitioning for Will Fuller to be to be brought in there, isn't he? Um, I can see them bringing him, but you know, it, looking at Brown's numbers last year, and if Bateman can can do anything like that, that that's a solid wide receiver two season. And I think I think if I can pick up Bateman anywhere in in drafts at the moment, I am. I am picking him up where I can because he's he's a sneaky play and I think he's valued quite low and he's somebody that he could be if they don't bring in an, another 
veteran wide receiver, then he is he is easily the the number two receiver on that team, you know? Mm-hmm. Matt, so, Mags, if they did sign Will Fuller, is that a good signing for Bateman? Is Fuller a good enough player to take too much away from him? Or is it actually a nice fit, the fact that he's running up the field for the few games he does and creating a bit of space underneath for Bateman to eat? Yeah, I think if they sign Fuller, it doesn't take away from Bateman too much. I think Fuller will just kind of be the guy to stretch the field and hopefully leave a bit more space open for for Bateman through through the middle. And I like I really like Bateman. He's someone I was quite you know high on before. Or I've got quite a few shares of him, and I would just almost expect him to slot right in that you know wide receiver like two group that that Hollywood Brown was in before. I wouldn't be shocked to see Bateman to slot right in there and finish. Very similar position to where to where Hollywood Brown finished last year. I think you know he's probably just as good, maybe not quite as electric, but you know, probably good, just as good as an overall player as, as Hollywood Brown is. So yeah, I, I like I like Bateman. I think he's going to have a pretty solid season. Not going to light the world on fire, but he's someone that you know you might be happy enough to put in your flex spot or have as a like an option coming off the bench if you need. Good, and we'll keep at the wide receiver spot. Um... Obviously, Hollywood Brown's been traded. There's there's not really much depth at that wide receiver two spot. Um, so, do you guys have any interest in players like Devin Duvernay, Tyler Wallace, or do you think that they'll, they'll add a veteran like a, a fuller like T. Wilton, and that'll be the end of Duvernay and Wallace hype? Well, first of all, I know Matt is definitely saying this. Oh no, I know where this is going. How, how dare you leave our James Prochet? How how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> like he always reminds me of that friends episode when Joey's like it's Pusha <laughs> almost reminds me of that um, but yeah I mean o- overall outside of, of Bateman I'm not too interested in, in too many of those guys I, you know James Rocher is the only one of those guys who's got over five receptions in a game before Duvernay kind of gets two or three receptions a game doesn't really do anything special you know, Wallace has got two receptions total, you know, in his in his career in the NFL. So, I mean, it's hard to say, like, how can you really put your stamp of approval on, on any of those guys? I mean, one of them will be the wide receiver too, which, you know, sounds good in reality, but it sounds good. But in reality, you know, the Ravens are thinking, run the ball with the running back, run the ball with Lamar, throw it to Mark Andrews, throw it to Bateman, throw it out of bounds and try rushing again throw it to the running back <laughs> and then throw it to the running back too. So it's option number seven, really, not option number two. So, yeah, while it sounds nice, wide receiver two, it's not really worth investing in. How about you, Paul? Any interest in, in any of these no, guys? No, not really. Not really. It was, it, was, it was really tough. I was looking into them. I was like, oh, maybe I can find some way that I really like them and it just isn't. <laughs> This isn't like you, like you said, mate. They're going to rush the ball, rush the ball, and all of that, you know. And and if if I'm honest, like like I said, I think Bateman's going to be your 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 second receiver on that team. Mark Andrews is your first. Then you have got Bateman as your second. And I think if they do bring in Will Fuller, he's going to be third. So these these guys are potentially going to be fourth and maybe you know, maybe even the fifth reception choice on that team. And they don't. They don't throw it that much. I think. I think I've seen the best. The best season Lamar's had was 400 targets. You know what I mean? You, 
and you sort of go, you're the fifth reception in the team that are only throwing the ball 400 times. You, you're not getting that many, are you? You're not, you're not even worth a, a flex spot, really, are you? Just no, it, it was an ugly, an ugly question that one, uh, an ugly backroom. <laughs> <laughs> and I've come to Ali and Matt to wrap up on the wide receivers, uh, including Bateman. Is there anybody that you like? At wide receiver on the Ravens. Uh, we know Matt's going to say Brochet. I can see him laughing already. But, um... <laughs> we'll, let, we'll let Ali go first then. Uh, other, th other than Bateman, no, definitely not interested. At the end of the day, this is the wide receiver graveyard. So I'm not interested <laughs> in <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I hope Tom's going to watch this back. But um, yeah, apart from Bateman, who I think is going to get possibly overdrafted just because of the opportunity that he's got. Um, I'm not really interested. I'm very interested in Mark Andrews because he's the, he's the wide receiver one of this team. He's going to get an absolute ton of targets and loads of touchdowns again this year. So interested in him, but not anybody else. Yeah. I, I, do I need to say it? Mag has already touched upon it. James Prochet is the one. If I'm targeting anybody, I'm grabbing him. I can guarantee you now that he's, he's sat on your waivers in the league that you're in. I know someone's going to say it's where it deserves to be, but it's not. He should be picked up <laughs> off waivers if if you are if you have that that depth, like if you have that kind of roster size where you can add him. I'm adding him because currently, as it stands, it's easy to say if what this happens, if that happens. But as it stands, he's currently there. He's going to be the wide receiver too. I feel personally, and um, people talk about Devin Duvernay. He's the guy that was more special teams. Um, I believe he got into the Pro Bowl based, based on what he did on on special teams. And then, like Mike touched upon, Wallace is is somebody that's. It kind of slipped in in the NFL draft, didn't it? I believe he went late on in in day three, and then um, yeah, yet to really see anything from him. But James Prochet, he's had two games really where he had the opportunity to to see some targets. In both those games, he got seventy four and seventy five uh, receiving yards. So just shows if if he gets the opportunity, I feel like he can step in. So he's somebody. If anybody, I'll be targeting. You can get him for 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 nothing basically. So yeah, he's he's the one that stands out to me. Good stuff. We're gonna finish on probably the best player on the Ravens, um, Mark Andrews. And it's a tight end question and it's landed on Matt. So that's a perfect <laughs> ending to the Ravens, I guess. Yeah, like it touched upon Kev, Mark Andrews ended the Travis Kelsey streak that, that year after year of being a tight end one in fantasy. Mark Andrews finally dethroned him. Um, and now he's cemented himself as one of the top fantasy tight ends in in Dynasty. So I'm interested to know, kind of circling back to what we spoke about earlier about your, your draft strategy. Um, how early would you be willing to take him in, in your startup draft? So it, it, I, I really like this question because it was really nice because I went through the Bengals questions and we were like, oh my God, this player is amazing, this player is amazing, <laughs> blah, 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 and everything like that. And then and then we finally get to the Ravens and it's like, oh, I don't like this one. <laughs> so it's really nice that I get to sit here now and be like, this player is amazing. I love Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is somebody that I'm targeting wherever I can. Okay, as he finished last season, I believe it was the wide receiver six. And for me, if I can pick that up, if I can get him in maybe the fifth round of a tight end premium, tight end premium league, and I can get somebody who, who could potentially finish that high as a wide receiver, I'm happy taking him over the wide receivers because I can still get very good wide receivers in later rounds to fill them spots and dominate in the tight end position. So for me, I'm happy round... Round three, round four, I'm happy to pull the trigger there. In a, in a super flex, 12-team super flex team, I've, I've always go back-to-back -back QBs the first two rounds because they they are they are worth gold. In, in, in a 12-team super flex team, they're worth gold. But 
Round four, round round three, round four. I'm happy. Mark Andrews is it. Bam, I'm pulling the trigger. Let's go. And, and Mags, I've got the ultimate question for the Chiefs fan. Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey. Who you got? He's not liking this one. He's been slamming Paul all all morning about his corners loving. If I just if I just sit really still, you might think my internet's like gone off. Uh, um, Yeah, it's you you have to. It has to be Mark Andrews, right? You can't not take like Mark Andrews at this stage in Dynasty. Like he's got those extra years and. You know, Mark Andrews got the same amount of points as Tyreek Hill did last year in non-premium leagues. Wow. So, yeah, like just like Paul was saying, it's if you translated those points, you know, into like the wide receiver position, then you're you're absolutely laughing. And you know, the advantage that you get because there aren't that many, you know, premium tight ends to have a wide receiver one playing and like have an extra wide receiver one playing in your team. You know, got more points than Mike Evans, got more points than Stephon Diggs, got the same amount of points as Tyreek Hill. How can you not love Mark Andrews? And that really just sets you up for for a great season right where for someone you can just plug in and just not worry about. And yeah, he does have those extra couple of years on on Travis Kelsey. But you know, whatever he's done five number one seasons in a row, let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love the fire then. And uh Alan, Matt, Mark Andrews is is a guy that's sort of You've warmed to him over time, I guess. I, I, I know you used to slam him, and I, I actually used to slam him as well. I called him a catfish a few years back, so I felt that um, he, he was pretending <laughs> to be something he's not. But yeah, he's, he's really backed it up now and performed at a top level. So, where are you two on Mark Andrews in Dynasty? Mark, yeah, this one. I, I, go on then. It's a, it's a tight end, Ali. I might as well uh, take the lead there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've put him up as, as my tight end three currently in my, in my Dynasty rankings. I didn't match it down at, at four, but Kev's, Kev's brutal uh, assassination, basically, of where I had him ranked. I had him at four below Travis, <laughs> um, below it. Uh, not Kelsey, Kittle, sorry. Yeah, Kittle. Kittle. And uh, Kev slammed me for that one. So I have bumped him up to, to tight end three, and, and rightfully so, I think. Um, like we've touched upon throughout this, he's going to be that that number one there. Um, despite not having that wide receiver label next to his name, he is the wide receiver one on this offense. And yeah, it's, it's hard not to be excited by him. We've seen that connection year after year that he's got with the quarterback, Lamar Jackson. So yeah, rightfully so, he should be tight in three and probably he should be a little higher, maybe over, over Travis Kelsey personally. I've still got Kelsey just a touch above him. I know he's getting up there in age, but like Mike said, if you can do it five years on the bounce and then last year still finished tight in three, uh, tight in two. So it's <laughs> yeah. nothing to get too, too, too overly excited about. So yeah, he's, uh, he's still well up there in, in my dynasty rankings. Yeah, famously a couple of years ago, 18 months ago, so called him a non-elite tight end and I've uh, <laughs> publicly apologised to Tom for that Same. label. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's, he's my tight end too in Dynasty and um, obviously Carl Pitts is in a, in a tier of his own at the minute, but but just fantastic and just exciting. I think he could easily repeat as the tight end one again this year just because without Hollywood Brown, even if they bring in Fuller, is he going to hurt his pinky again and go off for the season? Um, <laughs> he's going to get a ton of ton of work. Um, he's going to be one of the safest safest tight ends you can take. Uh, I think I took him in the third third round of the startup that we done on your show, Mags. I think I took him at the two three yeah. turn, and just felt really good about it. The fact that you haven't got to think about tight end for another 10, 10 12, 13 rounds. So. Yeah, I really like Mark Andrews. 
Um, I've always been high on Mark Andrews, uh, so we'll just end it, end it with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's quality. So that wraps up the, the Ravens as well, and it, it wraps up our, our first part of the stream where we've had the Wildcat Rewind boys on. Um, thank you for kicking off the stream of fun in fantastic fashion. We had plenty of laughs along the way. We had a few... Um, we had a few props in our stream as well, so if you, if you get a chance to, to check it out, that'll, that'll give you a laugh as well. Um, <laughs> Paul, Max, is there anything you'd like to plug before you go? Where can the, the listeners find you and, and what have you got in the works? Uh, yeah, so just guys, thanks again for, for having us on and having us the first ones come on. Uh, first thing I do just want to mention is, you know, if you're listening and you haven't already, just make sure you're giving a even a small donation to to the mind charity you can find all those things over at the, the guy's twitter account you know it's a brilliant brilliant cause fantastic uh, fantastic cause for you know everyone you know suffering with with mental health which is such a big a big thing at the moment so that would be the main thing i would plug you know any other stuff you know, find me at mags on sport find me at the dynasty hot seat show um but yeah the main thing here is get donating to this amazing charity yeah just to repeat what mag said um Go, go! Give the guys a donation. Sixteen hours is is a long time. We all, we all love we all love our fantasy football. We all, all love talking fantasy football. But sixteen hours is is a long time. A lot of, a lot of prep and a lot of effort's gone into making this all work and everything, and getting guests and the right times and everything. You know, me and Mags only had to pre- prepare for an hour. I can't imagine what you guys have had to do to prepare for sixteen hours. So, you know, anything anything is just something just to show these guys the appreciation and 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 show mind support the 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 help that they need and and everything like that so you know i don't even want to plug my twitter just look after the guys and go and donate please yeah you can find paul at mind charity (laughs) (laughs) but serious note lads thank you for kicking us off and uh make make sure if you're listening you check these guys out as well going to produce some fantastic content for the wildcat but also they're producing fantastic content right now for dice hot seat and for the ad rush when you have the wild card you have the power to change the game